What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Maddie Pace coming at you live from the Maddie Mo Show, the host, the most mojo. Kicking off episode 614, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, episode 614. So sweet and pristine. But if this is, however, your first time tuning into the Maddie Mo Show, thank you for lending me your ears and attention. Second off, hop into the iTunes podcast section where you can subscribe to the Maddie Mo Show and have every episode up there for free listening download. No. You can also hop on to MaddieMoShow.com where we got it going on with the latest and greatest for your daily entertainment. I got the Ellis blogs. You can get to all my shows from up there. The links to my YouTube channel, IG, Facebook, Twitter, you name it, it's up there. So go check it out. MattyMoShow.com, where you can also subscribe and become a member all for free, baby. That's right. And if you got Apple Podcasts, be sure to hit up the Matty Mo Show and leave your boy a nice little rating and review. No. But without any further ado, it is my distinct honor and pleasure to deliver straight to you episode 614, the one that is sweet and pristine because it just so happens to land on none other than Sunye Inspirations, ladies and gentlemen, that's right, the perfect way to cap off your week and to start fresh, you know, so hello and welcome to this week's edition of Sunye Inspirations, and as always, I have some dope, positive, inspiring, impacting, and empowering news stories that you will not hear anywhere else, I guarantee it. Now, all the stories for tonight's Epicast are brought to you by the people over at goodnewsnetwork.org, so be sure to go on check their site out and the music you're hearing in the background is brought to you by Fossil Productions feel free to go on there and check them out as well because they have a lot of dope mixes so go up there do your thing but without any further ado let's jump into the first story of the night now shall we now the first story of the evening for this week's Sunye Inspiration, to me, is the perfect way to set it off. I mean, the reason? Well, there are so many people out there that allow their emotions towards someone else to rob them of pretty much everyday peace of mind. From hesitation uh, to holding back from creating something great, I mean, this story will help with those exact things, and it is entitled, How to Let Go of a Grudge That is Stealing Your Joy, published by Good News Network on September 22nd, 2019. Now, it's no secret that a grudge can steal your joy. The enigma is how to let go of that grievance. For many people, living with that resentment has become such an ingrained daily habit that any notion that they could break free of it seems like an unreachable goal, as difficult as breaking some Da Vinci code. Now, that is thankfully incorrect. I have seen many people, including myself, break free from deep-seated, even lifelong resentments by applying the principles and 12-step recovery programs, learning to let go of resentments is actually a major theme in Alcoholics Anonymous, otherwise known as AA, as I'm sure all of you know, and one of their most commonly repeated aphorisms regarding resentment is that it's like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. They admonish members who want to be successfully sober to stop drinking the poison of resentment. The same principles that have helped many people in recovery overcome their resentments can help anyone struggling with a grudge. On that note, there are four steps you can take to rid yourself of the bad blood you may be harboring against someone in your life, which has turned to poison in your own. Now, number one, 
Write down who you're harboring a grudge against, the cause, how that grudge is affecting your life, and your part in harboring that grudge. This is a critical first step to finding release from a grudge. It will only work if you're willing to be fearlessly honest. When I work with people in nearly recovery who are just learning how to stay sober, we use a helpful outline for writing down our resentments. A key goal of this exercise is to be able to see clearly, like written down on paper, who we're resentful towards and how the poison we're drinking is actually harming us. Only when we're able to see clearly how a grudge is robbing us of our joy can we position ourselves to own our part in harboring the grudge. Only then can we take responsibility and affect inner change. When writing these things down, it can be very helpful to make four columns on a sheet of paper and organize your notes accordingly. In the sober skills program that I help lead, this is how we approach the writing exercise. In the first column titled resentments, name the individual or institution you are angry at. In the second column titled cause, write down the harm or injustice that legitimately caused your resentment. The third column is called affected areas of my life. In this column, you'll list seven categories. They include the following, pride, personal relations, self-esteem, security, ambition, pocketbook, and sexual relations. Under each category, honestly answer the following questions. Regarding pride, how does this resentment affect how others see me? Regarding personal relations, how does this resentment affect how I treat others? Regarding self-esteem, how does this resentment affect how I see myself? Regarding security, how does this resentment affect my physical well-being, my emotional well-being? Regarding ambition, how does this resentment affect what I want? Regarding pocketbook, how does this resentment affect my financial well-being? Regarding sexual relations, how does this resentment affect my sense of sexual identity? Number two, focus only on what you can do to move forward, not on what you can't do. You cannot make the other person apologize or ask for your forgiveness. You can, however, accept what has happened and even learn to forgive the person who has wronged you. My colleague Michael Pierbolt, who facilitates 12-step groups, gave the following example. Say you're holding a grudge against someone who fired you. When you take an inventory, you discover that your grudge affects your pride, your pocketbook, your personal relationships because others may know, think you're not employable or are incompetent and so on. Then you look at your part in this resentment and what you contributed to this situation because best believe we all contribute a certain amount of something towards resentment. Maybe you weren't consistently showing up to work on time or not giving it your all. You look at the ways that you may have contributed to the animosity and conflict. Soon you begin to understand that you do have a part in this and that's the part you can accept and own. When you found acceptance, you're one more step closer to letting go of that resentment. Number three, wishing the best for the person who has wronged you. For the religious, this can be translated into praying for the other person. This step can be hard. The idea of wishing the best for someone whom you despise or even hate may seem weird or impossible. But the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous is very clear that if you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for the person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. What does it mean to pray for your enemy? It means that you ask God or your higher power, which is your inner best self, to give this person everything that you want for yourself or those who you love. AA recommends that you ask for their health, 
their prosperity, and their happiness, and to make this request every day for two weeks. While it may sound hokey, the spiritual formula for releasing a grudge really does work. I can say this from personal experience both in my own life and in the lives of others in recovery. Number four, make amends to the person you have held a grudge against when appropriate. The embodiment of letting go of a grudge is forgiveness, and making amends is how you enact this forgiveness. By making amends, you apologize for your part in the conflict when the apology will not cause the other person or yourself further pain and harm. As illustration, consider again the example of the hypothetical former boss whom you're harboring a grudge against. To make amends, you might meet with them and tell them the ways in which you were in the wrong in your relationship. Maybe there were things you did on the job that merited being fired. Mention those things and ask for forgiveness. In this way, you can begin a conversation of healing. On the other hand, if your former boss refuses to meet with you, that's okay too. You still have done your part to try to make amends. That in itself is a former making of amends. Resentment is toxic. Carrying around resentments and letting them fester can take a toll on your mental and physical health. The good news is that these four principles, when applied, can help us let go of the grudges that are ruining our health and our happiness. Art Jacob is Director of Sober Skills at FHE Health. FHE Health is a nationally recognized behavioral health care provider offering addiction treatment and mental health rehab programs to adults over the age of 18. So I hope this article has helped you in some way to see things in your life a little more clearly that you may be doing to hold yourself back instead of pushing forward. You know, great start to the show and thank you to the Good News Network for writing that one. I truly appreciate it and I'm so happy I got to share it with everyone tuning in to me tonight. Now for the second story of the evening, this one focuses on connection, but not just any connection, connection that can help save and better people by one conversation conversation at a time. So enjoy this next story entitled, Man Connects with Humanity by Sharing Thousands of Hour-Long Conversations with Strangers, published by Cameron Lovejoy on September 21st, 2019. As we become more involved in technology and social media, it can often seem like the gap between human connections is widening. But Rob Lawless has dedicated countless hours to proving the opposite. Every day for the last four years, Lawless has made a point of sitting down to have an hour-long face-to-face conversation with at least one stranger. Since he generally tends to meet with as many as four strangers every day, the 28-year-old extrovert from Philadelphia has talked with over 2,800 strangers since 2015. When asked why, he simply says that he believes that connecting with other individuals is the most valuable way that I can spend my time. When Lawless first got out of college, he landed a corporate job where his sense of connection to humanity quickly dwindled. When I graduated with my fiancé degree, my my fiancé, my finance degree in 2013 and became a business analyst at Deloitte Consulting, I missed the feeling of familiarity I used to have with the people around me, he told Good News Network. He was hungry to meet people organically, not in the rigid corporate environment where there was always an agenda. So in November of 2015, he decided to launch his 10K Friends project with the lofty goal of using it to meet 10,000 new people. And in July of 2016, after being laid off from his job, he began running the project full-time. A typical day for Lawless 
Dallas begins with an early morning at the gym, followed by meetings with four strangers lasting one hour each. He says that he has found that number to be the right balance of feeling accomplished while also moving at a sustainable pace. These meetings happen anywhere, from coffee shops to the beach, or as was the case with Tyson McDowell, inside a hand-built airplane flying over the coast of San Diego. Lawless says he feels that even in just one hour with someone, they can reach a deep, satisfying place in their exchange. Sometimes the conversations are more superficial, such as simply talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, but they can also be a place to become more vulnerable. I'm interested in simply connecting and opening the door to the relationship. I feel no desire to dive into the depths of people's lives, but if they want to take me there, I'm all ears, he told Good News Network. My conversations are more like two old friends catching up who just haven't met yet. When asked what patterns he sees in meeting thousands of people, he said very insightfully, The biggest thing I've learned through my project from meeting people of all ages and levels of success is that none of us really know what we're doing with our lives. We're all just doing the best we can with the resources that we have. I believe that most people walk around thinking that everyone but them has their life together when the reality is that no one, including you, has their life together. Therefore, I think we should all take a little bit of the pressure we put on ourselves off of our shoulders. Fortunately, Marcia Sinatar's quote, do what you love, the money will follow, eventually worked in Lawless's favor after he lost his job. He hoped he could satisfy not only his interest in people, but his desire to live an entrepreneurial life, and as he has gained momentum with his project, he was right. Though I've come close to having zero dollars to my name a couple of times over the last three years, I'm now at a place where things seem to be clicking and doors seem to be opening at a faster rate, mused Lawless. This summer, I signed on to a three-month partnership with the co-working space WeWork and just signed on to an additional six months with them going forward. He also has plans to speak at various companies and universities. Since this is more of an extrovert's activity, I asked Lawless what advice he had for introverts who may want to follow in his footsteps and meet more people. I would recommend introverts set a goal for a number of people to meet in a specific time period and then share that goal with their friends so they have assistance in completing it. I wrote an article on this concept, how to meet 12 new people in 2019. From there, I think they should build in the expectation that they'll be nervous or uncomfortable for the first handful of meetings. If they allow themselves space to grow, they won't be as focused on being perfect conversationalists immediately and can meet new people with less pressure. In the offing, Lawless sees a road trip where he meets 10 strangers in all 50 states. It's taken a little more planning than expected, but 2020 will likely see Lawless behind the wheel. Maybe he'll even pick up a stranger or two hitchhiking on the highway. If you want to learn more about Lawless's project or participate in the project as one of his strangers, you can visit his website or his Instagram page. So ladies and gentlemen, there you go. Another excellent story and a true showing that connection can be powerful and the connection that you have with other people can be so beneficial in so many different ways. Truly a remarkable action taken by that young man Rob Lawless and I encourage you all to follow him and look him up. Now for the third and final story of the evening and what better way to end it than with this one involving a little football baby that's right. Now I am a huge huge football guy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I love the Patriots, you know, since I am from New England, you know, put your hate away and just the overall sport in general. 
But this football fan, however, did something that I have never seen before that is actually helping a charity in a big, big way. So enjoy the final story of the night entitled, Football Fan's Request for Beer Money Racks Up $90,000 in Donations. So he is giving it all to charity. Published by McKinley Corbley on September 18, 2019. When a 24-year-old's amusing handwritten sign helped to propel him into the national limelight, he decided to use his 15 minutes of fame to help sick children instead. Carson King was just one of the many spectators attending ESPN's College Game Day event in Amaz, Iowa last week, where football fans vie for airtime with homemade signs. The former Iowa State University student hoped to scrape together some party money for himself and his friends on game day, so he made a sign emblazoned with with his Venmo e-banking account name and the words, Bush Light Supply Needs Replenished. Carson held it up during the live broadcast, but had no idea that viewers from all over the country were sending him money until his friends saw notifications popping up one after another on Carson's phone. After his Venmo balance began to climb over $1,000, however, he knew that he couldn't keep all the money for himself. He then announced that he would be donating all of the money, save for the amount he would need for a 24-pack of beer, to the University of Iowa Stead Family Children's Hospital. University of Iowa football fans located in Iowa City are renowned for their tradition of waving at the children in the neighboring hospital during their games. Now since Carson began gathering donations for the hospital, his spontaneous fundraiser has racked up over $90,000. Additionally, King used his brief segment of news coverage to ask businesses and individuals to match his donations. Since Carson's call to action was aired on KCCI, Anheuser-Busch and Venmo said they both would match his final donation. King says that he will be keeping his hashtag for the kids fundraiser open until the end of September, and his mother, Dana Archer King, says that she could not be more proud of her son. And once again, that is hashtag for the kids. Anyone who know Carson can tell you he's a fun-loving yet honorable individual with great character, says Archer King. Trust me, he could have kept all the money to himself, and with a mortgage payment, living expenses, and $700 per month in student loans, he could use it. But that's not who he is. Best of all, because Carson has become the poster child of somebody being Iowa nice, he's getting free beer for a year, courtesy of Anheuser-Busch. Now, if you want to donate to King's Venmo fundraiser as well, his username is at Carson-King-25. So watch the news coverage up on the website as well as a, and some awesome Twitter posts uh, from Venmo and Anheuser-Busch in response to the, this awesome man underneath the article um, on goodnewsnetwork.org. But how cool is that? So I am so stoked that both those companies retaliated in such a positive way because Venmo said they would match it. So Anheuser-Busch, I mean, they produced it out on the page and they have like a lot of followers. You know what I'm saying? This man, this football fan, 24-year-old kid from Iowa has just accomplished something spectacular. So shout out to you, my man. Hats off. And just another reason why I love delivering these Sunny Inspiration episodes to you. But before we move on to the final thought and close it out, I'd like to share with you the quote of the day shared by Good News Network. And this week's is... The great gift of human beings is that we have the power of empathy. And that was said by Miss Meryl Streep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, but stick around with me because the final thought is coming at you live in three, two, one. Let's get it.
the three stories that I was able to share with you on this week's edition of Sunday Inspirations is absolutely incredible. With all three different stories tying into one powerful meaning, it just goes to show you that the power of letting go, being selfless, and caring for others through empathy, forgiveness, and selflessness are the best things that you could possibly ever be in this life. We all have a piece to a puzzle that connects far and wide throughout the world involving other people. Some pieces may not fit at first, but the ones that do seem to lead the ones that don't to the right spots in gaining a form of completeness. Thank you very much for tuning in to this week's Sunday Inspirations and for hearing these three remarkable stories brought to you by thegoodnewsnetwork.org and, of course, myself. Thank you very much for tuning in. This is Matty Pace coming at you live from the Matty Mo Show, the host, the most mojo, saying one life, one love, I'm out.